Welcome, Red Sox fans. Here are the Bastards of Boston Baseball. Welcome, everyone. The Bastards are back for this midweek edition of the podcast. We are also a part of the Minute Media Podcast Network. Normally, we would be doing our regular format, but we will be scrapping that tonight to talk about trade deadline topics. Main topic tonight, the Red Sox have acquired Kyle Schwarber from the Washington Nationals for pitching prospect Aldo Ramirez. Am I correct with that? Yes, and he is the number eight prospect in our system. So kind of a, I don't know, I wouldn't call that a steep cost, but a significant prospect dealt nonetheless. Andrew Dwan, Job Goddard with me. And actually, before we do get on, we just literally wasted 50 minutes of our life recording another episode on what the Red Sox will do and. Two minutes after I upload that, Red Sox trade for Kyle Schwarber. That whole episode is garbage. We're back for this one. And we did talk about Schwarber. Andrew, you were kind of expressing some hope that he could be a target. So go ahead. Why don't you give the first reaction? Well, who else do you want me to say we should get? Because <laughs> <laughs> wow. then we just hang up and have him. Uh, yeah, I'm happy for it. Aldo Ramirez is a good prospect. Um, he's really leapt onto the scene this year. He does have a little bit of an elbow injury going on right now. Um, but he, he's he got back end of the rotation uh, stuff, and that's all per uh, SoxProspects.com. Um it's, you know, when you get a guy like this, it's going to sting. And that's how you know you got a good player in return. I, quite frankly, wanted Schwarber over and Anthony Rizzo. Uh, I like Kyle Schwarber this year. Um, beginning of the season, I wasn't high on him. But he's turned a corner. He's He was absolutely mashing. Every night, it was another Schwarber home run, another Schwarber home run. And he was on top of the NL MVP uh, leaderboard at that point. I think it's a great counter move to what the division has done with the, you know, the Rays making moves with Nelson Cruz, with the Yankees solving their pitching issues with Joey Gallo and Anthony Rizzo, and with the Blue Jays still seeming, you know, like they're lurking back ready to strike, which they might have a little more confidence after tonight's shellacking. But uh, I'm happy about this. He's going to be out for a little bit. And I think we're all under the assumption that he's playing first base. So it's not like he's going to have to chase balls down into the left field corner. So he, who knows? They might rush him back a little bit more, depending on what Franchi and Bobby do over the next couple of days. But this is a presence in the lineup that, you know, this is what we wanted Dahlbeck to be, right? Hit 240 and just jack bombs over the fence. And now Hunter Renfro gets to see some more fastballs because I'm assuming they're going to continue with the lefty-righty, lefty-righty. Uh, it, it just bolsters that lineup and makes them a little more um, fearful for, uh, for opponents' pitchers. So 
we'll get to Job in just a second. So that would put Schwarber, what, seventh in the order? Because I think Renfro goes sixth, typically. I, that would be my assumption. Yeah. Um, okay. But who knows if they jumble it a little bit with uh, the way Renfro has been scuffling as of late. But uh, we can, we'll obviously see how that plays itself out. Job, thoughts on Kyle Schwarber? You didn't get your CJ Crone wish. So I did far. not get CJ Crone. I just spent 50 minutes talking <laughs> about how much I love CJ Crone. I did earlier today was having a text conversation with a friend of mine who was asking about what it would take to get Scherzer. And I said, I don't want Max Scherzer, who's now a Dodger. Uh, I would rather have Kyle Schwarber because I think the big hole for this team is first base. I've been talking about it for three weeks. I love this move. I think he is going to slot in at first base, according to Chris Cotillo of Mass Live, um, and they will rotate him into the DH and outfield spots to keep everybody fresh. I think he's hitting second in in the lineup, uh, the way that it's currently constructed. He was leading off for Washington. He was doing very well in the leadoff spot. Uh, like I mentioned, I mean, we mentioned in the, the unaired episode, we'll call it, um, Andrew talked about how his power is going to wrap around the pesky pole like nobody's business. His power is not only to left field. He is a lefty hitter. He loves to pull the ball. He gets pull happy, but that's mostly on the ground. Nine of his 25 home runs have been to left while he's playing in the National League. Now, a lot of those are probably not home runs at Fenway. They're probably doubles off the monster. But if he can start to wear out that left field wall... I think that 253 that he's hitting might become 263 um, just by virtue of the ballpark being so much more friendly to a, a guy who can hit it the opposite way in the air. So I, I do like this move a lot. I know he's never played a game at first base in the big leagues. So he might not be an instant plug and play when he is healthy. He's got uh, about 10 days left before he's going to be ready to go from that hamstring tweak. But I think he might need a, a week or so, three or four games at AAA where he needs to get his swing back, he needs a little rehab assignment, and they might also give him some work at first base in the minors before they bring him to the Sox for the stretch run. Uh, I would target him maybe sometime in the homestand that is – uh, August 10th to August 16th, you have Tampa and Baltimore. I think that that Baltimore home series might be the one where you finally see him. I'm very excited about this move. Uh, I think the only hole that we really had to fill was first base. I didn't I didn't want to go get somebody for pitching unless it was a significant upgrade, a la Jose Barrios. My only concern with this move, Terry, and, and Andrew as well, is that I think we might fall into the trap of trying to play too many outfielders and some guys missing out on some at-bats. I, I don't want Verdugo and Renfro in a platoon situation. I, I don't mind if Renfro has to sit down for a little while, but he's proven to play every day. So what do you do with that extra outfielder? I, I don't know. That's, that's my concern going forward. Well, it sounds well, like he is going to play first base. I would say for the most part. Yeah. yeah, that's my guess. 
And we do. So it looks like the Red Sox are taking on his salary too. Um, from just a couple of the things I've seen on Twitter. So if they're taking on his salary, that means we're above the threshold. If, again, accurate, and I guess we'll have to wait for the dust to settle, but that means you can make whatever else move you want at this point because the second you go over by a penny, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, you, you, there's no plug in that dam. Yeah, you know, so there's... I'm wondering what other moves. Now, first of all, Brandon Workman has been DFA'd, so that's the immediate move. But they're going to typically you would replace a position player with a position player. So there's probably more, you know, juggling to come. But I'm wondering at this point, does Bobby Dahlbeck get sent down? Like, does he have value from the bench or does he need at-bats every day? at Worcester if if Schwarber is going to play a fair amount of the outfield does Jaron Duran get sent down at this point can you send go ahead Andrew. can you send down well someone's got to get sent down because Sawamura is coming up uh, I think it was only been a one game rehab stint so they got to send someone down for well, him. Well, Franchi so as well, actually. Franchi Cordero. Shit, yeah. Now we're getting, yeah, we definitely have a log jam. So I assume, God, I hope it's Chavis. Um, I I assume it's, you know, it's giving me two of those three. It's got to be two of those three, especially if they're going to reinstate Danny tomorrow. But that might just be to drop him. I don't know. This is going to be an interesting next 24 hours because now there's more pieces that I actually even thought of before this. Yeah. You know, I guess we we kicked around on the the episode that we just threw into the trash. Some other names, CJ Crone, as, as Job had expressed interest in, Carlos Santana, Jesus Aguilar, if you look at Schwarber's numbers this year, 25 home runs, 53 RBIs. I mean, he was he was on pace to hit probably 45 home runs had he not tweaked his hamstring. And since the start of June, even though he's hitting 253 right now with a 340 on base, since the start of June, he's hitting 338 with a 406 on base. So, he was on a on an insane run there leading up to the He was on an absolute tear. There's no doubt. And even, you know, I don't want to be this guy who blames everything on the spider tack, but his insane run started when they changed the baseball, you know, rules on sticky substances. So he's clearly just reading the spin better. And he's making much better contact. His strikeout rate is a little too high for my preference. It's about 33% uh, last I checked, which I I don't love. It's another K-friendly guy. But his splits are good, righty-lefty. And he's going to give you, down the stretch, probably 10 home runs. That's that's a lot better than what you're going to get from the tandem of Franchi Cordero and Michael Chavis and Bobby Dahlbeck. In, in my opinion, if you have to make a corresponding move, and Andrew, I'm interested to hear what you have to say on this as well. If you have to make a corresponding move, my immediate move is Michael Chavis. Well, Chavis is gone. 
That so that's where I was about to hop in because Catillo just tweeted 20 seconds ago. Uh, clearly, the Sox are trying to acquire Schwarber's talent and worry about the positional fit later. Could try first base, which I think is obvious. Um, could force Duran back to minors. Could force platoons. Lots of questions, but it's a good problem for the team to have. I, I, I guess I maybe I'm crazy, but I am just a thousand percent on board for this being Kyle Schwarber is now our first baseman. <laughs> right. Well, we need, I hope so. I we mean, need clarity, though. This... And, but look, let's look at where he was. So he was in Chicago with Rizzo. He's not going to take over for Rizzo at first. And then the uh, Nationals had traded for Josh Bell. Josh Bell can't play anywhere else. I, I think that Schwarber would have been playing first base if either of his teams had their way, like five years ago. Quite frankly. Well, he was a catcher in the yeah. earlier part of his career. Yeah, I I'm just tired of the mishmash. I mean, if if they come out and say he's probably playing first, I would be a little bit relieved in that because we've had a ring around the rosy effect, you know, with certain players in certain positions, you know, with Franchi coming from the outfield to the infield and We've tinkered with outfield alignments, and if Duran's not going to be in center, we know we want Kike in center. So I would just love to to see a little bit of continuity now down the stretch. And there's so many guys. I mean, Dahlbeck and Franchi really need to have at-bats every day. So, I mean, at least one of them has to go down, I would think. And Chavis has no value whatsoever. No, screw Ch- Chavis is gonna be a throw in on. I will swear. Um, Chavis is gonna be a throw in on a deal. There's no way he is gonna be playing out a season in a uh, uniform that ends in socks. I don't care if it's woo or red. How about he white? is gone. Yeah, bring it. Yeah, I, I'd be so happy. <laughs> I think he's gonna. I think they do have to send Franchi down. I think because I do think they'll keep Duran up. They'll probably move a guy like Marcus Wilson, whose value. Well, little has never been higher for what he is a fourth outfielder and he's down in Worcester and he's on the 40. So there, I think we're going to see like a two for one and that one not being much, but the two going out like a Marcus Wilson and a Chavis, you know, it's not going to hurt you. They're going to have to, they have to trim the fat. There's just no way around it, especially if they think Ryan Brazier is going to be anything coming back too. Well, so now here's the corresponding moves you make, though, right? So Yaxel Rios is probably getting getting lost when Sari Mora comes back. He's performed well, no doubt, but he's the the first guy to go, in my opinion. If not Valdez, you might send Valdez back down. Uh, But he looked great in New York. And then you have to find one more position player spot. Now, I would like to think that it's Bobby Dahlbeck, but here's my thing. If it's not Schwarber plays first base every day, then you don't want to have two lefty first basemen split the time there. You don't want it to be Franchi and and Schwarber. So then you're looking at, okay, we need to keep Dahlbeck, and Franchi's going to go back down to Worcester. So that's probably, in my opinion, where you go with it. And then you create room by getting rid of Michael Chavis, whether that's you sell him, you DFA him, you, you do something with him. Uh, he's not worth much to anybody, um, but you could attach him as a, an additional piece, fill some salary, maybe I don't know uh, how you approach that. 
to, to me, the big question here, I'm, I'm curious with either of you, does it worry you at all about Schwarber's defense, the fact that he's never played first base? Because to me, it doesn't. Bobby Dolbeck has been a black hole at first base. He's 29th in the majors in first base defense. Which is crazy because he started off the season so well there. And it was he like, really holy did. crap, he's doing really well. You know, he never played there before. Yeah, I know. I'm not, I have zero concerns. I, maybe there's going to be a Devers throw that doesn't get scooped here or there. Hopefully it's not like the ALCS. But um, yeah, I, I don't see Kyle Schwarber's defense being bad to the point where it's noticeable because he, he should be able to theoretically pick right you know i mean you're used you to blocking balls in the dirt as a catcher if, yeah if you can catch you can pick that's how i look at it right? that's so. that's exactly my mindset here well i mean like i said in the last episode we turned hanley ramirez into a first baseman who ended up being at least by most appearances to be an above average first baseman Mike Napoli, there were concerns about him coming into catcher. 2013. Yeah, also former catcher. Good point. And a lot of catchers work at first base. I mean, if you think about it, go back. You know, Maurer's a first baseman for a long time at the end. Uh, Posey's been playing a lot of first now. I, I, a lot of catchers move to first base because it doesn't take a lot of skill. If you have the baseball IQ, you can play first base. And he could always be defensively replaced if, if need be. So... So I guess the big question from here is, are the Red Sox done? Absolutely not. No, I think I was in in the episode that's in the trash, which we might have to someday <laughs> release because we talked about it so much. It might be like the, un, the unregistered episode <laughs> or whatever. Um, I think I talked about how I don't think we're going to make a big move. But now that we've made this move, we're over the tax. Now it's all chips in the middle of the table. You didn't have to give up that much. The whole reason I didn't want Schwarber and I wanted C.J. Crone is I didn't want to give up any of our top ten guys. We gave up number eight, according to SoxProspects.com. But according to MLB, he's our number 19. I understand that's, that's, that's very outdated. But, I mean, well, he's not. They, they just uh, slotted um, Ramirez into the national system at eight. And okay. they also put Ruiz and Gray in there. So, yeah, they, they were way off previously. Okay. Yeah, so they're off for sure, and I'd say he's, he's definitely closer to eight, according to you, Andrew, right, than he is to 19, right? I'd say he's top ten. Oh, absolutely. Well, you, look, right, now, so, you look at the pitching depth, though. You got Seabold could come up. I'm a little skeptical on that, but he, he did have a good outing tonight in AAA. You got the Winkowski kid could come up within maybe late next year, early the year after. Um. Well, Modest probably going to be out a while, probably till what twenty twenty three. But yeah, I mean, Aldo is probably a twenty twenty three arrival too, if I'm not mistaken, right, Andrew? Uh, and yeah, I mean, he's only twenty. Uh, so, he just really burst onto the scene. So you you're really not giving up. Yeah, doesn't screw up our timeline. He, it's a, he he's a good piece. Uh, well, you know, of course, he's a good piece. But, but you're going to have to get a good piece to to go get a Kyle Schwarber. My question is this. Is this a better deal in, in your eyes, Andrew and Terry, than the Yankees made today for Anthony Rizzo? Yeah, because I like it better. the Yankees essentially paid double because they pay, they gave two prospects in the same neighborhood as, as our number eight that's, guy. That's what I was thinking, right? They gave up their number 10 and their number 12. 
and they did that so Texas would take the money. And right now, and even Pete Abe was saying there's no mention of salary. So that means the Red Sox took on seven. And that means, you know, the world's their oyster right now. Go get them. Do what you got to do. I look at that, and that's exactly where I'm at, Andrew. So, no, the Red Sox are not done. Because if they were done, they would not have made this move. We know Daniel Hudson is moving to the Padres. Um, and they gave up their ninth-ranked right prospect. And they, they gave, gave up, up more than we did. Guy. So think about how much they just gave up for a guy who really has never been a premier arm in the big leagues, as far as a top-five reliever. He's never been a top-five reliever. They gave up a number-nine prospect. That's an overpay. We got Schwarber at a great price. Uh, I'm, I'm very high on this deal. Now, where he slots into the lineup, Andrew has him slotted in seventh. I think he probably hits second, and you go with at the top of the order. You go righty, lefty, righty, lefty, righty, lefty, all the way down. So Verdugo is seventh. So Verdugo hits seventh. He stays where he's where he's been, where he's been playing very well um, for right now, and you just keep everybody comfortable. He was hitting leadoff when he was with the Nationals, and he was hitting two fifty three. He was putting the bat on the ball enough. Uh, and that's where he was when he was raking and when he was most comfortable in June. So I don't see why you really want to move him to the bottom of the order uh, unless he starts to struggle. You know who who his uh, doppelganger is? Hit me. Jack Black. Oh, crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Look it up. Look it up. That hesitation right there was Terry looking up photos of Jack Black. <laughs> like, I gotta find the one in my phone. It would be so, epic if they sounded alike, but they don't. Uh, so that would be epic. If there is another piece, it has. It probably has to be an arm at this point. It, it definitely is an arm because you just solved your one real hole on the field, right? I mean, that's how I look at it. The big black hole we've been talking about all season has been the eight and nine slots, and it's been. Because that's who's playing at first base, Bobby Dahlbeck, and since then, Franchi Cordero. It has to now be an arm. And if you're in for a, a penny, you might as well be in for a dollar. Or in this case, if you're in for seven, you might as well be in for 17. Uh, I would start looking at some of those high-end relievers that Matt Barnes said, hey, if you, know, if we wanna, if you guys want to get Craig Kimbrell, he said this to, uh, I want to say it was Tom Karen. Like, if they brought in... Craig Kimbrell, I would happily be the number eight, you know, the eighth inning guy. Now, I, I don't, don't say we want Craig Kimbrell. I don't no, want I Kimbrell. Want no part of that. Yeah. But it does mean, you know, if we want to go get a high end reliever, we can do that because all of a sudden now. But that's the money aspect, though. There's still a prospect aspect, and I, I don't want to pay that price. So Let's... one idiot that I hate from 98.5, I'm not even going to say his freaking name because he's a clown show. Would that but... be Matt McCarthy? No, he's also a dumbass. Um, but he's, this was a tweet five minutes ago. It says, there's a rumor going around Red Sox circles that would explain why they didn't end up outbidding the Yanks for Rizzo if it happens. Um, and if it does, I think everyone will be pleased. Sounds clickbaity, but who knows? I, I'd be very curious to see what it is. Um, I haven't seen anything, but hey, who knows? Maybe we should, uh, you know throw some notifications on our phone and, you know, uh, maybe not sleep so soundly tonight. 
Yeah, well, you know what's going to happen 10 seconds after this one gets uploaded. Oh, bam! Red oh, Sox, I'm ready for it. Red Sox acquired <laughs> so-and-so. So th- that last episode is in the trash. I did mention some concerns about the back end of our rotation as we do go into the playoffs. We know Chris Sale's in it. We know Nathan Avaldi's in it. We know Tanner Houck will probably be pitching out of the rotation possibly in the playoffs, that fourth spot's a little dicey. If you're concerned about Erod from his performance tonight and the general inconsistencies, okay, so that, that's a little bit in flux. Nick Pavetta, an ERA of about five and a half since early June, that's a little concerning. Alex Cora has no, no confidence whatsoever in Martin Perez, especially as the third time of the order through the order approaches, and then, of course, Garrett Richards. So if it's going to be a rotation piece, it's got to be it's gonna be a bona fide number three. Go ahead. Let's just throw out that one piece of fantasy land that we kind of touched on after we wrapped. And that was, oh. I don't know how we were both thinking of it, was Zach Plesak. And if that I would cost it. you a piece like, like Jeter Downs. And I think that would be a completely out of left field uh, move, which – we also talked about, we both thought that maybe the big move was something that no one saw coming and be like, Oh wow. All right, cool. Uh, you know, uh, cost controlled guy for years. I don't know. Let's, let's, let's uh, dream of that one. That could be a move. Obviously the Indians probably aren't thrilled with him. Um, just based off of last year's happenings with Francona and now Francona is stepping away for health issues. Maybe, maybe they get rid of Zach Kwiatkowski and we can, try to get a cost controlled uh pretty high leverage arm would you throw we mentioned jeter downs and that's certainly a possibility but like would you throw a connor seabold in to oh i no, that would be an overpay at that point i think think. so i don't think it would i think it would be jeter downs and like a chris murphy or like something something along the lines of that or a winkowski uh like a 15 through 25 prospect yeah that that would probably get it done i would think downs and winkowski yeah because we all know cleveland's not gonna i mean want to pay him when arbitration comes because cleveland's cleveland so this gives them two guys that they don't have to worry about for like five more years yeah well, that I would, I would, I would be, be in on that. Thrilled with that, yeah, absolutely. I know you guys both talked about it, and I, I kind of said it. I don't think that'll happen. I would love that move. I don't even have his stats in front of me. I have no idea whether he's healthy. I mean, he was only reactivated at the beginning of this month um, from a thumb injury that he sustained in early May, uh, and he's only been reactivated about two weeks ago uh, from that broken thumb. So I don't know what he's looked like since then. I haven't watched him pitch, frankly. I don't even know what his contract situation is. What I do know is that he is instantly slotted in as your number three starter, the way the rotation is right now. Now, if Sale comes back healthy, then he's your obviously number one and everybody moves back one. But then he's your number four, and you'll go with a four-man rotation in the playoffs. So sign me up for that. I, I would love that. There's some other arms out there that uh, we could easily talk about. I just I don't think they're going to go with a rotation piece. I, I really don't. Right now we're running a six-man rotation. Uh, we, we have so many rotation possibilities uh, with what we have now with Seabold coming up. 
I think we're more likely to go with a high leverage bona fide bullpen arm than we are to go with a high leverage rotation piece. I also think we're more likely to go with a guy that no one has thought about than a guy that's in all the trade rumors as far as who that piece is. It's going to be a guy where the average fan goes, who? And he comes, he comes in and he pulls off a, a Josh Taylor stretch, you know, where he's dominant and everyone's like, oh, he's one of the best relievers in baseball. It's like, no, not really. He just happens to, to be a plug-and-play um, great option for us. That's more what I think we're going to do. Well, that's what we were talking about in, again, the episode that's now in the trash. And I gave the example in 2018. Nobody nobody had Nathan Avoldi on their radar. And then suddenly we traded Jalen Beeks to get him. And he ended up being a World Series hero. And that came out of nowhere. The Zach Plesak example we just used came out of nowhere. What would be, you know, out of nowhere, I mean. So... We also talked about Bloom as well, and this is his chance to to really make that heavyweight move. I don't know if, if the Schwarber move is quite that level, but it's a significant move nonetheless. And so ho- hopefully this is his chance and... We're not gonna. We're not gonna get into into Max Scherzer, but had we made that move, we're the World Series favorites. So maybe there's not a move that'll make us a bona fide World Series favorite, especially since the Dodgers are stacked now. They did get Trey Turner, but but we can definitely set ourselves apart from the rest of the American League tomorrow if if one of those unforeseen moves does happen. How about a guy like Rysel Iglesias from the Angels? He's yeah. a free agent at the end of this season. He's pitching to a 3-2-1 ERA. Uh, he's been their closer, but for you, he would be your seventh inning arm probably. Um, and he'd slot into a similar role to what Sawin Mora has been filling at the moment. Just gives you one more of those guys. And he's making $9 million, which is a little bit high. But because he's making $9 million and the Angels are going nowhere with the cheapest owner in Major League Baseball as far as how he wants to spend money, he doesn't want to spend any money on pitching, um, you could probably get him for some higher-end AAA prospects rather than higher-end young guys who can contribute at the big league level for the Sox down the road. You could give up uh, a couple of guys that will be ready – in 2022 when they have Shohei Otani and Mike Trout healthy and in the middle of their big deals, but who won't help you during the stretch run this year. I'm thinking of like a Winkowski um, type guy to make that move. I would do that in a heartbeat. I just feel like he's a bit of a head case and, you know, has had his ups and downs. He reminds me of K-Rod. You know, Fernando Rodriguez uh, yeah. from, from back in the day. S- similar mindset. I don't think he's a great reliever by any means. Um, but he is one of those guys that I think you could easily get. He's not that expensive. Um, and then the cost would be lowered by the fact that he's not necessarily one of those guys you're talking about. And the Angels are desperately need pitching. 
So if you can find a guy like, even if you can move like a a double A arm who could be ready next year for the big leagues to to be a bullpen arm for them, I think they would do that in a heartbeat to get rid of his salary. Well, here's something to consider. The San Diego Padres have just acquired Daniel Hudson from the Nationals. It doesn't say what the return was for that, but the Red Sox. That was their, their number. Their, 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 oh, their he was? Nine. Andrew and I mentioned it a little bit and, ago. And a second player is going back, too. Oh, my bad. So that was a significant price then. Okay, well, I was about to say the Red Sox were just on the phone with them and didn't uh, seem to talk relievers, but um, – I don't. I think uh, let, let's let's ask this and then we'll, and then we'll wrap. Is the bigger priority at this point as far as pitching goes? Is it is it the rotation or is it the bullpen? Rotation. I think so too. I'm going with the bullpen, and the <laughs> only reason is, well, a so that we don't all have the same answer. But no, <laughs> it's all the good. real reason is, I think that they won't pony up the money to go get a top tier really a top tier rotation piece. The only one left that comes to mind is obviously Barrios from the twins. Uh, there's a couple others, Marquez from, from Colorado, for example, I just don't see us ponying up the price tag for that. And I don't need another four slash five starter. We have a lot of those. I want we, a three. We right now are running a six-man rotation. At I least love a, a three, but can you can you convince me that there's a guy out there that's a three that we can afford? I, I don't think so. Well, money-wise, we're not worried about it. It's again the prospect. That's uh, that's where I'm going with that. I yeah, mean, I just don't think we'll pay the price tag for, you know, a guy of the caliber that could be a three. I I just don't think that we'll pay that. But then again, I didn't think we'd get any. I didn't think we'd be getting Schwarber because I thought he would cost a lot more than he did. Uh, so I'm quite happy with uh, with where we are right now. If we don't make another move, will you guys be upset? Upset? No. Shocked? Yes. Because if they've gone over the luxury tax threshold, I think the you know, I, I don't think there's anything holding them back at this point. Yeah, I mean, if you could tell me right now that. Erod or Pavetta are going to be solid down the stretch. Suddenly, my confidence rises immensely because I know Sale's going to be a stud in the playoffs. I don't have anything to base Tanner Houck being a stud on, but I, I kind of feel like he could be. And uh, Evaldi, and I just feel like if one of those guys at the back end of our rotation currently get it right, we're looking pretty good. I mean, we should be playing the Astros in the in the ALCS, and I'm not looking forward to that because they, they thumped us pretty good, and they're a team that wants to win really bad, you know, given the I, I hope scandal. the Yankees win that wild card game then. In that case, like, I hope Joey Gallo and Rizzo, I hope those two guys carry the Yankees to that second wild card and they find a way to, to, to knock off the Astros. I'd love to play the Yankees in a seven-game series. That'd be a nice four-game sweep. Very comfortable. Well, for that to happen, we would have to be the two seed because the number one seed at that point, I would assume, would be the Astros. Uh, they would play. No, yeah, so it doesn't work. Yeah, yeah, so then the Yankees would play the Astros and would have to beat the Astros, and then we'd have to beat That's, the White uh, Sox. I'd be the I'd be a big Yankees fan in, in that game. That's the I, path. I don't want to face, <laughs> face the Astros in the playoffs if we can avoid it. 
But like Andrew said, Rizzo and and uh, what's his name, strikeout machine in the outfield, uh, can't pitch. So, and that's what they needed. Domingo Herman. Are there, are there teams that we haven't thought about that are that are selling that we could go find an arm from? Like, do you think Miami might move some of their relievers, uh, like a Tyler Rogers, for example? Probably not. He's got a lot of control left, doesn't he? I would think. He does. He's got two years left, I think. Oh, two? Oh, that's not a lot. Yeah, so maybe. I don't know. But what I do know is to on Friday night, we are going to do a complete recap of what the Red Sox did. If more moves happen, we'll talk about some of the other moves around the league, any surprise moves and whatnot. So... Check out for that. Two trade episodes within 24 hours. Have a good rest of your work week. Take care.